There's this myth that to be an artist, you must struggle. I'm here to tell you that that's not true. This is a podcast for people who are looking to realign with their inspiration and intuition. We chat with industry professionals about everything from their spiritual experiences to the everyday practices that help them stay energetically and mentally in tune. My name is Madeline Corliss. I'm the creator of The Energy Studio. Welcome to The Energy Studio Podcast. If you work in a creative career, I want to let you know about my course, Unblock Your Creative Career. Unblock Your Creative Career is a nine-week intensive that combines psychology, industry knowledge, and energy healing to help you realign and thrive as a creative being. For more information about Unblock Your Creative Career, check out my website, the-energy-studio.com. Hello, hello. In this episode, we have Broadway actress Annalisa Lemming, and we are talking about how to stay grounded and sane while navigating a creative career. One of the things I talk about in my Unblock Your Creative Career course is finding examples of people who are successful in your creative industry, who are also living in a way that you can see yourself living. If you're like me and you put high value on mental and energetic wellness while also wanting to pursue and experience many things in your life, Annalisa is a fabulous example that it is fully possible. I'm so excited to share this conversation with you, so let's get started. Thank you so much for doing this and for taking the time to chat with me. Yeah, I mean, it's like my favorite thing to talk about in the world, so it's not hard to... Good, me too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Well, I guess we can just jump right in. Uh, First question, who are you and what do you do? Oh, uh, I'm Annalisa Lemming. Uh, What do I do? I do a lot of things. I am a wife and a mama, and I am a teacher. I'm a performer, a spiritual seeker. (laughs) I love that term, spiritual seeker. I think that's... I just love that term. That's great. I didn't plan Uh, that one. That one just popped out. (laughs) Yeah, it's a good one. So what, I mean, a lot of the premise of this podcast is talking about ways that performers and creators can support themselves on a mental and energetic level while pursuing whatever creative industry you're pursuing. So what practices have you found that work for you that help support you and what you do? Well, you know, I would say that it's constantly evolving. Mm. And even like what I'm doing, what I did this morning is different than, you know, what I did a month ago in the morning. Yeah. Um, so I'm really open. Uh, but overall, I mean, meditation, I can't, imagine my life without meditation. And that has looked very, very, very different over the last 15 years of my life. Um, I've done formal trainings and then, you know, that I'm really big into yoga nidra. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with yoga nidra? A little bit. Yeah. Yoga, yogic sleep. Um, but really, really powerful meditation where you kind of have a a sankalpa or a seed that you plant, an affirmation that you plant at the beginning of your practice. Then it's done lying down and then it's guided through a a relaxation. And the idea is that you just plant the seed at the beginning and then through the practice, it just will come to fruition with the more practice that you do. So yoga nidra is something that's a big part of my life. And then 
gosh, right now, a practice that I, I would say is like the biggest practice of my life that is ongoing is this practice of, um, am I open or am I close? Mm. And I can do that in a formal meditation, opening my heart. I can do it while I sing. I can do it while I'm on stage. I can tap into that. Like, is my heart open or closed? I can tap into it as the actor. Mm -hmm. I can think about it from the actor's perspective. Like, is the character's heart closed in this moment or open? Oh my gosh. Like, that's so fun and so fascinating to play with. Um, And so doing it in a formal seated way is obviously really powerful, especially if you're going through an upset or something, you know, to sit, sit with it and play with that and feel it and then watch it open if it's not open. So that's, that's been huge, but also just moment to moment because we meditate for the moments off the cushion, Mm -hmm. right? So we can be better humans. And so, um, I feel like I've kind of taken it to the next level where I can be, you know, talking with my husband or with a screaming baby or wherever. And um, I can notice that my heart is completely closed. It's constricted and to um, open it, to open it, to practice opening it, or just to acknowledge that it's closed and not force anything. (laughs) So yeah, that's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah. I love what you said about uh, being able to use it when you're singing or acting, because one of my, something that I just totally geek out on is when I'm in acting class or something and it's like, oh, oh, this is just like what was happening when I meditated the other day, or like, I need to be in that headspace. And it just, uh, it's a totally different feeling and different presence. Can you talk about any ways that you think these practices have influenced your artistry? Well. When we meditate, we build that muscle of awareness and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And especially this day and age, it's just so easy to float through life from thing to thing and just not be aware. It's so easy to numb out, easy to numb out with social media or food. Um, those are, I mean, those are my two. So of course, <laughs> those are the ones that popped up. Shopping, whatever it is, scrolling Pinterest, you know, whatever your thing is. Um it's just so easy to numb out. And so um, by cultivating this awareness through the years, and it's an ongoing practice, I think that it's enabled me to tap into my instrument in a deep way. And um, I have often, in fact, while I was touring with Hello Dolly, I did like 600 and something performances of that show. Mm-hmm. And I just, I I remember talking to my acting teacher when I was like 400 in and I had to go in for a tune-up because I was like, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. Help me. (laughs) And um, I said, you know, it's really become a meditation on stage. It's a meditation of just coming back, coming back, coming back. Just listen, just listen this moment. Don't get ahead of yourself. Don't, you know, you know, there's understudies thrown on, there's this, there's that. And it's just so easy to be like, why did they say it like that? They're not in the right spot, you know, or frustrated with myself. Why did, you know, that happen? And just keep coming back present moment, present moment, present moment. So, you know, it's, it's, I I would say that's very much affected me, my ability to listen on stage. Um, And then, you know, actually, this would be the biggest way is not allowing that inner critic to take over. Because Mm -hmm. I have the awareness of that voice, 
And it was not always there. I had an incredible acting teacher actually who made me draw a picture of my inner critic so I could see her. Mm -hmm. And she had me draw a picture of her and it didn't have to look like a person. It could be anything, but mine looked like a person Mm -hmm. and then had to write out like with thought bubbles, all the, or like word speech bubbles, all the things that she says to me and seeing it on paper was shocking. Like how cruel I am to myself. Yeah. Um, and then I was able to, you know, from that moment forward, you start to see, hear those things in a different way. And you're like, that's not me. I'm not listening to that anymore. And so it's a whole new level of awareness rather than that, that voice running the show and stopping me from doing things that I want to do. Or, I mean, I've had early, early on in my career, thank goodness it was early on, but I've, I shut down in auditions before when I was reading something once they gave me a cold, something to read cold. And I remember like three lines in being like, you're such a phony. You are not connecting to this. And I just shut down and I just read and I was like, peace left the room, you know? So I'm so grateful for this awareness now to catch those thoughts. And they don't, I don't always win, but I think the the percentages have tilted in my favor. <laughs> yeah. And I love, I love that exercise of personifying the inner critic. Cause I've had, my therapist had me do that with uh, anxiety of mm. what is the anxiety monster saying? And like, what's actually on the anxiety monster. And I talk with my clients a lot about that second voice and being able to one name it. Mine's named Penelope. And so <laughs> recognizing when Penelope's talking and being like, girl, uh-uh, we don't talk like that to our friends. And it's just such a fascinating, the mind just, just has so many aspects to it and it's so complex. And I love that idea of the inner critic. Yeah. Um, how did you start meditating and finding these practices? Hmm. I think, um, I actually, in college, I started going to a unity church. Mm. Do you familiar with unity at all? People think it's Unitarian. It's not Unitarian. Um, but it's very new age. Mm-hmm. Um, which I remember I actually had a job singing at this church. And so I was like, what is this? What is this place? They meditate. I'd, I'd grown up going to church. So now to be in a church where they meditate for 20 minutes in the middle of the service, I was like, what is this? And they're talking about divine love. And it was very interesting and very, the most accepting place I had ever been. I mean, I, this was in Tennessee. So like, this is very unusual. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so that was my first introduction to meditation and I was very charmed by it. And, um, and then I, found I guess I found yoga and that kind of practice that form of meditation when I moved to New York City I found Ishta Yoga downtown and started meditating there with Alan Finger and those were longer those were 20 minutes of just complete silence with a mantra and you know it's pretty powerful stuff so that's when I started and and I've just continued to explore so many different kinds of practices and I love guided meditation but I um, I also know the value of just sitting with a mantra as well. Like, I don't think anything can compare to that. Yeah. It's deep work. It especially, again, I think it's hard. I think it gets harder the more noise we constantly have. Mm-hmm. Um, my meditation teacher likens it to like, we're, we are always going around with our foot on the gas pedal these days. Um, and so we have a lot of adrenaline and cortisol and things. And so to to sit still with that is an intense practice, but the more you do it, I mean, our bodies need it so badly, I think. Yeah. 
And I love that you mentioned the adrenaline because I think as performers, we subscribe to the adrenaline rush. Like we are committed to doing it eight times a week or whatever your creative thing is. Um, How do you feel like you navigate those ups and downs? It's just, it's this practice. It's this awareness that I am more than my craft. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had to learn that. I didn't just, I didn't come to New York at 22 with that knowledge. I had to learn that. And I had to learn that through deep disappointments. And I think a lot of people face these deep disappointments and after they stack up, then they leave. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's heartbreaking. There are those that leave being like, okay, this just is not the lifestyle for me. And I'm like, good for you. Totally. There are those that leave feeling like I failed. And I hate mm-hmm. that. I hate that. I hate that for them. Um, my heart, it just, I, my heart hurts for them because I don't think that's true. And then I also think failing is awesome and we don't talk about it enough. And so for me in those deepest, darkest soul searching moments. Those are the moments that I have had to come to grips. (laughs) I've had to find this thing that's deeper than even my love of performing Mm -hmm. and then have this awareness of who I am. And then I'm just grounded. I'm grounded in that. And then I can see the good things that are in my life. I can see the friends. I can see the family. I can see the love. I can see that even if I never set foot on a Broadway stage, like I don't need that to be whole. And the minute I can release like the needing of it, everything lightens a bit. It dissipates, you know, it hurts so badly when I thought that thing was going to be the thing Mm -hmm. that hurts. And that's okay. We're human. I think we need that because then we keep striving. And yeah. then we keep evolving and moving forward. Um, but in those in those moments, I have to like let like open my fist that I had been gripping so tightly mm-hmm. and then just lay there and say, Okay, I surrender. Yeah. What what's there for me? What what why is this why is this my life? What am I supposed to be doing? What are supposed what am I supposed to be learning? And um the more you again, like the more you do it though, the easier it gets, I think. Mm-hmm. the perspective, the perspective is there. <laughs> yeah. I told, I, I remember so clearly having some of those moments like on the phone with my mom and just being like, I just like, I am so frustrated and like, I'm working so hard and it doesn't pay off. And then I don't know what clicked one day, but I was like, I need to go to Europe. Like I need to go do something for myself. And I went and spending two weeks alone in Europe. I was like, Oh my God, there's more to my life than auditioning and performing. And if I don't book something, it's okay. And like life is going to go on. And maybe my life path is to travel for the rest of my life. I don't know. But like I can find joy in other things. It's not the be all end all. So something that we have been talking a lot about in my Unblock Your Creative Career course, which is all about, um, it's less about the business side of things and more looking at your own baggage and like, what are you carrying that you just like don't need to be bringing with you everywhere? And how can you realign what you're doing with what you actually want instead of what you see everybody else doing? Mm -hmm. Um, And so we've been talking a lot about, oh, I remembered what that thought was. Uh, We've been talking a lot about values and aligning like 
well, aligning, but also identifying what are the things that I really value in life and am I paying attention to those things? Uh, I have a whole section about codependency and creativity and how a lot of people, especially when they first move to New York or first start professionally, have these attachments to their career of like, well, I'll be financially free and stable when I book this show or this thing will happen in my life when uh, when I'm successful. And they attach a lot of the joys in their life to the success of this one thing. And so we talked about this last week and everybody in the course was like, oh shit, like I have not thought of it this way and recognizing, oh, I'm putting parts of my life on hold, thinking that it ha- they have to be on hold for me to be successful in this other thing when really I'm just making myself miserable. <laughs> and like, I, I think a lot of, I have found at least that a lot of people I've spoken with have found so much more joy and fulfillment in life when they prioritize their own life and the things that they want to do in life outside of performing and they stop letting performing or whatever their career is be the dictator of what they do. Um, So I guess my question, this this is Flynn, I guess my question is, how do you feel like, well, I guess there could be two parts. One, do you feel like there was a shift for you in recognizing like, oh, this isn't my full life. I'm more than just this one thing. And then also what do you do to keep those, that, those checks and balances of like, I'm still doing the things that I want in my career, but also making sure I have a life. Yeah. Okay. So no, this is, this is so good. Please feel free to like, keep me on track too. Cause there's a lot to unpack in that, but oh. like, I have a whole section on my website for a balancing act. Actually, that's that is addresses waiting. That's the word that I use. Like, I feel Mm -hmm. like we are constantly as actors, we're constantly waiting. We're waiting, literally waiting in line. We're like waiting for our agent to call. We're waiting to hear from the casting director. We're waiting to book that show to then like feel like, well, then I'll get my equity card and then I'll feel blank. And then we're waiting to book our first Broadway show. So we feel blank. Like it's that, um, there can be that sense of, um, but I also think it's the shiny penny syndrome. I think it's that thing that we haven't gotten yet. And we think when I get that blank and we have that with everything, like when I lose all my baby weight, I'm going to feel blank. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what if I feel amazing right now? So mm-hmm. that's my practice is it's like, again, I think that the shiny pennies are good if we can see them as it's a shiny penny and realize that it's not going to make us, I promise you that Broadway show is not going to make you happy. Mm. I try, oh my gosh. I try to like, I talk about this all the time because well, I I always say your shit is going to be your shit. So might as well work on that now because we think it's going to be like, well, when I find my life partner, Mm -hmm. then or when we finally can buy that house, whatever it is. Um, yeah, man, I so used to live like that. Oh my gosh. I really thought it was like the Broadway show or whatever. And, and, and so, but once you can like realize that again, we need these things, we want these things, it's exciting. We want to grow and it hard things are how we grow, right? Mm -hmm. We need hard things in our lives. We want to stretch ourselves and grow and all of that. Um, but it's that, that part of us, like, how can we shift? How can we get into that deep knowing that 
it's not going to make you happy. It's not, it will be bring temporary joy. That's what it will do. It will bring Mm -hmm. temporary joy, but then very quickly you're going to want the next thing. And so how can we look at the things in our lives that have already happened to us in that way? Like I talked to my college kids like this. I'm like, remember how all you wanted was to get to college and then you were going to be happy. And now you're in college and you're not happy because you just want to graduate college. So this is the way you're going to spend the rest of your life. If you don't start having the awareness that the only thing we have is this moment Mm -hmm. and like, what do we have in this moment? And so, so that's kind of like that shift has happened for me. And I, I can say, yeah, I can say with like with confidence that that's how I live now. There are a lot of things I want. Yeah. There are a lot of like, I get really excited. I'm a big idea person. I can see myself holding my Tony Award and like just having, you know, to tell people constantly, universities, you know, oh, I'm sorry, I, can't, I don't have room for a masterclass this year. Try me next year, you know. Yeah. Um, I also know, A, here's another part. This helps. I never know what it's going to look like. So I've let go of that. I used to think it was going to look like A, B, and C, and it's always like Q. So yeah. I I get excited about the ideas and then I go into the feelings. Mm. It's like, why do I want this thing so bad? What do I want to feel? And then I'm like, oh, it, it's that the reason I want to originate a role on Broadway is because I want um I want to be in the room where it happens. Yeah. I want to have people like write things for me and I want to have like a song that's written for me and then it changes and then I want to work with like the top uh, the people like at the top of our field and I want to be challenged by the people I share the stage with. I want all of those things. So just like yeah, going into the feelings, going into the feelings of what I want and then getting excited about those. Now, a maybe asking myself like where am I already feeling those things? Um mm. in my life and then and then I still imagine things. I still I still move toward things, but then I say you know, this or something better. And it might not be that yeah. show, but it might be this show or it might be doing something completely different. And then I sit and look at my life. I'm like, wow, all those things I wanted to feel I'm feeling, but I'm doing something else. So, and that can, that can be the case with like anything that we want, you know, from buying a house to meeting a partner, to losing the weight, to, you know, our resume being something is like, yeah, have those external goals, but then go, go into the feeling of it. Like, how do I want to feel? And then start to practice feeling those things now. Because I do believe that it happens on the inside first and then the world, the universe just reflects what's happening on the inside. And so I think if we're just wanting, 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 and we're waiting, 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 I think the universe is just going to keep being like, okay, I'm going to keep reflecting that back to you because that's your inner state. Um, And then lastly, I just want to share, you know, and asking about how it shifted. Um, I used to think, because you wrote this in the email, um, and having it be like career or life stuff. And so I used to think this was a firm belief, deep, deep, deep rooted inside me that I could either be a very successful actor or I could be like a mom and somewhat maybe acting sometimes and, but probably like a college voice teacher. (laughs) That was just (laughs) my story. It was like, I can perform until I have a kid and then I'm going to have to leave the biz. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was working actually with uh, an energy healer and he helped me realize that was a belief that I had. And he was like, oh, you are an expansive being. 
and you can do it all. And so we worked for a while on expansiveness and that's become one of my favorite words. And it's funny now my baby is almost nine months old and he, and, and, and I'm, I'm doing so much in so many different areas all of a sudden. Uh, And it's really, really, really cool. And I just keep reminding myself that I am this expansive being and I don't have Mm -hmm. to just be a mom now or just, you know, yeah. Yeah. I love that. I was, I did a, a class with Robin Herter and she said something about, someone asked something about, uh, how did you transition from doing regional theater to Broadway? And she was like, I decided I was going to have a life and have a kid and my priorities shifted. And all of a sudden I started booking Broadway and I was like, yes, that makes so much sense because it's that, that internal shift and that belief shift that then if you believe it, others can believe it. But if you don't believe it, it makes it harder for others to believe as well. Yeah. Or you'll like be doing the thing, but you'll be questioning yourself the whole time. And who Mm -hmm. wants that? And, and, and directors sense that I've had many directors pull me aside and this might sound like bragging, but I promise it's not, but I've had many directors early on in my career, pull me aside and say, I wish you knew how good you were. I wish you could see what we see. I've had three in a row say that to me in regional gigs. And I think, you know, I, I don't know. I was like, I was playing pretty small. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, how to step into your space and like shift. Yeah. Shift those, shift those beliefs, work on them now. (laughs) Yeah. I love that idea of expansiveness. I think it's so true. And like learning to embody who you are and also learning that you are already expansive and you already have all of these beautiful things and it's just about unleashing them. Yeah, we limit ourselves so much. Like, yeah, I'm just starting to be like, wait, why do I believe this? Yeah. And, and I mean, in our business, we have a lot of sayings. We have a lot, like, I mean, you know, you have to struggle. You have to struggle to be mm-hmm. an artist. We struggle. You're going to be a starving artist. Like, those are just two beliefs, but like, I mean, we have so many and I just like, let's start questioning those maybe. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Um, Something you said, uh, you said something about having a lot of ideas and doing a lot of things and uh, something that I've been thinking a lot about because I'm very similar. I have like 10 million plates and all of them are full and I love it that way. Like I enjoy doing projects and I enjoy all of that, but Um, something I struggle with is the patience of seeing the potential of something and it not happening overnight and being like, (laughs) we just have to like keep going with the process and trust that like everything is, is working. But do you have any practices that you have to help with that patient aspect? I mean, I just think if, if I, I just have to get really clear with myself when I take on a lot of things, Mm -hmm. um, I, I try to get really, really clear because I can take on take on a lot, but I've gotten better at not doing that. And so then the things that I do take on, I can go for it 100 yeah. percent. And it's when I don't do that, like, say, back when I was running my podcast and I would get like all these different ideas, I could do a I could do a giveaway and I could do a class and I could do a this and I could do a that. I, I want to do one-on-ones. I want to, you know, and if I'm not a hundred percent about any of them and I just sort of half-ass them, then I can get frustrated or whatever. So now it's like, especially I think having a kid makes you get really clear. Yeah. Uh, but I'm taking a course. I teach 18 students a week. I am taking my own voice lessons. I, you know, so I'm doing a lot. 
But before I say yes to those things, I'm really clear. And then I'm trying to really, um, really put things in my calendar. And like, this is when I'm studying vocal pedagogy textbooks, like these times mm -hmm. of day. And like, this is when I'm doing this and, and knowing that I'm like planting these seeds and going again, like, I have no idea what this is going to look like, yeah. but I am being led to take this course. I am being led to study pedagogy right now. I enjoy it. And so let's just do that and see what, how it turns out. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I have a friend who says, uh, if it doesn't bring me joy, I don't do it. And I'm like, oh, I love that. I need that just like tattooed everywhere. <laughs> like if it doesn't bring me joy, I don't do it. Uh, is there anything else that you're like burning to say before we wrap up? I know sometimes there's like that thought that you're like, I really want to say that. No, it's lovely. I mean, it's always a good reminder even for me just to talk about these things out loud. And I think it's so important in our business. I think the awareness and why are we doing this and to keep asking these questions and keep coming back to this and keep coming back to the feelings, keep coming back to the feelings of what do I want to feel like? I think like that I, I was reminded of that by your prompt, you know? Um, and even doing that now, like if, if money weren't an issue, if I had all the money in the world, how would I want to spend my days and how would I want that to feel? And then how can I start feeling like that right now? And then I really do believe like when we go there, when we let go of that attachment to the outcomes, that man, that is when your life just explodes and it, it, it a joy that I couldn't have ex explained or uh, imagined before. And that doesn't mean there are not hard times and there, that does not mean that there's not anxiety and, and all of that. But, um, yeah, that letting go of attachment to outcomes, I think is essential to artists. <laughs> yeah. I completely agree. Yeah. So if people would like to follow you and or work with you, how would they go about doing that? Well, you can follow me on the Instagram. That's where I spend most of my time. I mean, in that world, not yeah. actually. <laughs> it's just at Annalisa Lemming. And then I'm not doing my podcast right now, but I have three beautiful seasons with incredible artists. So lucky to have those conversations at A Balancing Act, anywhere you listen to your podcasts. And um, I am pretty full right now with teaching voice, but um, I'm starting to incorporate some really cool work from the paradox process into teaching. I'm working on becoming certified to teach the paradox process. And I'm starting to um, incorporate that into voice lessons. And it's really exciting just to help unblock the singer and the artist. Um, so, you know, if that's something that interests you, just keep following me on Instagram. And when I have openings or I'm doing things, I'll be sharing it there. Amazing. And what is the paradox process? Ooh, the paradox process is, uh, it's a tool created by my therapist, actually. It's a tool. Um, so I actually have three or four episodes with Thomas Jones on my podcast. He's my therapist and he's amazing. And he's a magician, I say. And he created this tool to help eliminate negative emotions, um, to move them, move through them so that you can create the life that you want to create. And it's changed my life and a lot of clearing emotional work. And I was like, 
I'm working with all of these students right now and I spend so much time talking to them about their thoughts that I was like, I want to be trained to do this. And can I bring it into the voice studio? And they were like, that sounds incredible. So I'm having <laughs> one of my most recent guinea pigs. They're amazing. I have her, she's like, letting go, feeling clear, <laughs> letting go, feeling clear. It's this key to help like let go of emotion. And then I was like, how do you feel now? Before we started to sing and she's like, Ooh, I'm excited. I want to sing. And I was like, how amazing to go into a voice lesson feeling that way instead of like, I think the way we tend to go in is like, I'm having trouble with this part of my voice and like, can you help me fix it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, and there's just like all the tension. It's like, I can barely right. even talk, but like, let's sing. <laughs> right. Exactly. So anyway, we're playing, we're having fun. I'm experimenting. That's so cool. I, that's just incredible. I love that. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. Thanks for having me. And hopefully we will talk again soon. Yeah, yeah. Thanks for putting your work out into the world. We need it. Of course. Thank you. Have a lovely, lovely evening. You too. Take mm -hmm. care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Energy Studio Podcast. If you're interested in other course offerings or some free downloads, check out our free online community. There's a link in the show notes to join. And last but certainly not least, if you enjoyed the music at the beginning of this episode, check out the album Shadow People by our dear friends over at the Heartstrings Project. It was released back in December of 2020, and Deepak Chopra has already named it one of the top new albums of the year. That's all for now. We'll talk soon.